Hi there, and thank you so much for tuning on into Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. This podcast is made in conjunction with the amazing crew at Endometriosis Australia. I'm part of that team. I'm an ambassador. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs. We've done so many episodes so far from chatting to specialists, to champions, to ambassadors. Make sure you go and have a listen to them if you haven't yet. Hit like, hit subscribe, leave a review because that way you're letting other endo warriors know that there is a podcast out there that does exist about endometriosis. So in this episode, I'd like to introduce you to one of our Victorian endo champions. Her name is Amanda Waldeich. Now, Amanda has a unique perspective of how she has navigated her endometriosis. Everyone's journey will look different, and this is another approach where Amanda shares what has worked for her. Take a listen. Amanda, thank you so much for wanting to come on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And welcome to the Endometriosis Australia family. You are one of our latest endo champions. I'm so excited, actually, to be um, an endo champion. I've been working really hard to help raise awareness um, around endometriosis and adenomyosis. And we've had a few fundraising events, which has been really exciting. Last year, we managed to host an event called Move Into Endo just before we went into lockdown for COVID um, back in March last year. Mm. And we had 60 women come together and we had a panel of speakers and um, to really kind of raise awareness that so we don't have to be, you know, um, I guess, so we're not always constantly in our disease in, and being able to learn how we can move our body um, and support our body and reconnect back into our body because I think, as you know, having endo um, and adeno is that sometimes we become so disconnected to our body because we're constantly living with pelvic pain or nausea and so we really start to create a separation between our body and I think it's such an empowering way when we can actually connect back into our body. Yes, a lot of anger as well. I know I yell at my uterus when I have cramps. <laughs> my husband will <laughs> be looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm just putting my uterus into place and letting it know how I feel. And that's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? I think that we really... Um, form a, a relationship with our body where we start to distrust it and we hate on it. And so our body really is a communication system. And um, if we're telling it that we hate it every time, imagine what that's doing for our tissues, is that our tissues start to contract more. So I know it's like, how do we actually cultivate a loving relationship with our body when we're constantly, you know, in pain? You are the kind of person I want in my life, Amanda, because you're a registered doctor of Chinese medicine. Not only that, you're also a yoga and meditation teacher and an energy healer. You sound like, yes, I, I wish you were my neighbor. <laughs> then I could just come over and do treatment. Sure. I'd be, I'd be there every second day. <laughs> I love it. But for you, you have been through uh, an interesting experience when it comes to endometriosis. You were, you're 41 now? Yeah, I'm 40. I'll be 44 in November, actually. But you were 41 when you actually got diagnosed with endo and adeno. That's correct, yes. So in the lead up to that, what happened? Well, I think looking back, I've actually had endometriosis, I guess, my whole life. Um And I just always was constantly bloated as a young woman and... I just put that just down to being a woman and um, I never had issues with my periods. I'd always had a regular period and I'd always be bleeding um, without any pain and 
I never had any sort of issues with my periods. And so for me, it wasn't really one of those things where I'd just go, oh, you know, I've got endometriosis. Um, I started studying Chinese medicine back when I was in my early 20s. And so I'd been doing a lot of Chinese medicine for almost for 20 years um, before my diagnosis. And I think that's actually had a lot to play with it in terms of like nutrition and lifestyle, having those really good practices from a young age and that sort of just instilled and become, you know, part of my lifestyle. And so after I've had, you know, I have had a couple of miscarriages and um, I had a very stressful time in my life after the birth of um, our first daughter. She almost died and I was pregnant with my son, um, son Freddie. And he went, he was born seven weeks early and she was two months in hospital. And so I think just that stressful event really kind of kicked everything, um, all my symptoms. Um, into place and so um, I went and had a pelvic ultrasound and my it had shown that my uterus was bulky and they basically diagnosed it with adenomyosis and because I've been doing so much research on endo because I do treat a lot of patients with endo in clinic is that um, I went and saw Simon Gordon my surgeon and um, we had a chat and he said to me look Amanda he said, most women diagnosed with adenomyosis, 42% of them will also have endometriosis. And so I decided that I would go in and have an operation because for me also too, when I was doing yoga, I was finding that the mobility through my pelvis was becoming quite restricted and I couldn't get into a pigeon and I'd be having episodes where I'd be getting that really sharp rectum pain and just constant bloating, like I always look like I'm you know, four months pregnant. And so when I went in and had my first laparoscopic surgery at 41, um, he diagnosed me with stage four endo. So I had a lot of it around my sacroiliac ligaments and pouch of Douglas. And so that came, it was a relief um, to know that I was diagnosed. Mm. And um, it, came as a, it came as a shock as well. And when I look back through all my photos growing up and I'm in bathers, you can just see that I've always had my little, I call it my little endo pouch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm really passionate about um, helping to create awareness because not only um, with some women is that they're living in constant pain, but for others too, it's also a silent condition. Yeah. And I was one of those women where it was a silent condition. Well, it was also, I'm 36 um, and going to school and having conversations with friends and even when you do the sex ed talk, it was like periods were something that you just suffer and you don't tell anyone about and it's normal that they'll be painful and we'll just, you know, instilled in our brains that this is the way it's going to be for the rest of your life, but that's not actually the case. If you're in that pain that is putting your life on hold, then you probably should go and see someone and get looked at. Absolutely, because that's what I love about Chinese medicine. Our period is our fifth vital sign. Each day and every month, it's sharing clues to what's happening internally, not only with our periods, but our reproductive health, our menstrual health and gynecological health. And we can tell so much from our periods. And you're so right, because We've been brought up to think, particularly here in the West, that painful periods are normal, when in fact, 
they're actually not normal um, and it's a real sign um, to be able to sort of go, okay, why am I experiencing pain and to investigate that further. When you got told the news that you had the endo and the adeno, were you shocked that you had both? I was, to be honest, yes, absolutely. Um, Just to think that, uh, you know, not only do I have adeno, um, I've also got endometriosis. Mm. And I guess for me it it was a shock because I was asymptomatic. Like I'd never had any of those typical symptoms of, heavy clotty periods, um, heavy bleeding or flooding, painful periods. Um, I was just the, the one where it was undiagnosed, silent and um, just bloating, constant bloating. Mm. And it's interesting because you have got stage four, which is the worst grading for it, and you haven't really had any pain, but then someone who may have stage one or stage two may be in debilitating pain. So everyone does have an, a different experience when it comes to the different stages growing in their bodies. Don't they? Everyone has a different presentation. So in your treatment, do you specifically love to see the endo warriors coming into your clinic and getting you know, the Chinese medicine and, and the yoga in particular? Absolutely, yes. I think, well, in Chinese medicine... We call our, um, our uterus is described as our women's palace, our lady palace or our child's palace. And in yoga, Swadhisthana, which is the second chakra, um, that's described as one's own place. And that's it's also our pleasure center. And so when we're, I mean, for a lot of women with endo is that when you experience that pelvic pain is that you start to become really disconnected to this area And when we're in a lot of pain also too, the tissue starts to contract and our uterus should actually be relaxed. When all our parasympathetic nerves from our sacrum S1, from S2 to S4, um, it should be in a relaxed state. But of course, when we're in this constant flare-up and having heavy periods is that the tissue and the nerves around there start to contract and so that also starts to affect pain levels, um, the regularity of our cycles, lower back pain. So from a Chinese medicine perspective, it's really nice when the women come in to be able to look at it from a holistic perspective as well. So how much, what are we eating? You know, what are our lifestyle factors? Are we able to move our body? So even teaching women to come back into just gentle movement, little pelvic rocks and tilts, um, so that way, so we can start to create that movement because it's a water element. Swadhi start is a water element. And when things become stagnant, and just think about stagnant water, is that dis-ease starts to arise in the body. And that's where the pathology, um, from a Chinese medicine perspective, um, it's called beng lol, which means um, a blockage and pain. And so it's about teaching women um, to energetically move their bodies Um, through movement and then also acupuncture helps to be able to create that movement of the energetics when we put the needles in. If you'd love to learn more about acupuncture, we recently did an episode with Mike Armour who's doing clinical trials around acupuncture and also Chinese medicine with helping the endo warriors. Now, you're also a meditation teacher. Is there any tricks and tips when it comes to doing some meditation at home? Because I've tried, but I often find my brain just gets distracted and goes off into its own little world thinking about, what am I going to have for dinner? 
<laughs> and that's the nature of the mind and that is totally okay as well because it's like a muscle. We have to train it and the more that we can come back and just sit in silence and have the opportunity to be with ourselves, that way we start to strengthen that muscle. And I think that everyone has different ways of meditating. Some people might like to follow a guided meditation other people might like to be outside in a mindful walk, observing nature, taking in the beauty of nature. And others may like to have a mantra where you're guided um, with a particular word and you repeat that word. Mm. And I think that also too that sometimes when we are having a flare-up or we're in our period and we're having pain is that it's really hard to sit and to be in a meditation and so I always encourage ladies and menstruators to take a hot water bottle and even just to do some gentle movement while you're in your meditation. And even just sitting for a minute um, is great as opposed to, you know what I mean? Like sitting there for a minute or 30 seconds is still that way of calming the nervous system. Okay, I'm going to give that a try and see how I go. <laughs> <laughs> Great, just 30 seconds every day and then you can slowly start to build that up. Okay. And I think it's such an important part because we're always in a space of doing and that means our nervous system can be in that fight, fight or freeze state mm. and we want it to be able to come back into that re relaxed, relaxation, parasympathetic state because that's when the body can actually start to heal. That's when the blood can start to flow. We can start to um, reduce pain as well. Fantastic. And also for your mental health too, the um, correlation between meditation and, you know, taking care of your mental health is, um, it seems to be really beneficial for everyone. So, Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even more so now, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> During this crazy lockdown, I think it's so important to, to be right on top of our mental health. Yeah. And even, I mean, it's Are You OK Day today. Mm. So even just to have those conversations and checking in with each other. How did you tell your friends and family about endometriosis? What, did they know what it was? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I guess with, my, with the field that I work in um, is that my husband, I'm always having conversations around women's health. He can tell you exactly what happens with a period, <laughs> <laughs> when a woman's ovulating, when she's at her most fertile. So... Um, for him, it wasn't. It didn't really come as a surprise, but I think for me, it's like I have a young girl, um, Winnie, who's eight, and it's really important for me as a mother now to be able to educate her around the health of her period. Mm. And she has started having some um, form of like pelvic pain, and so I'm just really aware that there's a possibility because we know through the research that there is definitely a genetic link um, with mothers and daughters. Um, and so I think it's even the statistics are if your mum has endometriosis, there's a 50% chance that your daughter will have endometriosis. So I'm going to be keeping a real eye on when she starts to go through um, puberty just to make sure that, you know, if she is having painful periods, that's something that we definitely need to um, keep an eye on and then speak to um, an endo specialist. My mum had endo and then... I ended up having it. So there really is that strong hereditary link. And it's funny when you say, I'm keeping a close eye on her. It's like, that's exactly what my mum did. Now I look back on it. She wasn't spying. 
Well, mothers know, don't they? <laughs> oh, mums know everything. They certainly they do. do. <laughs> now, on those bad days when you are having uh, a pain flare-up, what's your go-to other than your, you know, you've got your acupuncture and doing your yoga? What's one thing that you could recommend for someone who's at home who might be feeling like crap? Um, I always like to have a good block of chocolate. I do around my period and my flare-up is that I do particularly crave chocolate. Mm. So um, it's about letting go of feeling guilty around things. I think we just need to honour our body and honour our needs. And so I always have a hot bath. A hot bath with lots of Epsom salts is the best way just to calm the nervous system, calm my body and my muscles. That sounds so good. I love that some people like my heat pack, but you've been honest. It's it's chocolate. It's chocolate in a bath. <laughs> I think as women we do, um, and menstruators, is that we do so much and we constantly, you know, this particular lifestyle is that we're always striving and doing and I think that we need to honour those times and come back into in Chinese medicine at the yin it's that slowing down and when we slow down then the body can start to um, really go into its restful state. Mm. And are you planning any future fundraising events once COVID and lockdown's over? Yes, we have. We were hoping to do one in October um, because we had to move it from March to October Mm. and, of course, that's been um, on the back burner again. So we're going to be doing our move into endo next year uh, in March, around uh, March Endometriosis Awareness Month, which right. is super exciting. And we're planning on hopefully having 200 women to come together. We're going to have a panel of speakers. Um, it's going to be a day for all of us to get together, um, move our bodies and be together in community. And I think one of the greatest things is that it gives women an opportunity and menstruators to be heard. And also to know that you're not alone. Mm. I think that's the big thing as well with the Endo Australia community. Even on the Facebook group, it's just nice to hear others going through a similar experience. And yes, you don't feel alone and like as if it's all in your head. No. (laughs) And that's the thing. You actually, it's like, oh my goodness, it's so nice to know that someone else is experiencing exactly what I'm experiencing. Mm. Now, if people are in Melbourne... Um, particularly in the Caulfield area, they can come and see you. This is your opportunity to plug your clinic. Go for it. Okay. Our clinic is in Paran and you can find us um, at Angia, www.angia.com.au. Okay. It sounds like a beautiful place to go to. If uh, I wasn't in a different state and I was able to get in Victoria, I'd be on the next flight down to come and chill out. But <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. Well, when you're in Melbourne next, do pop in. And, Done. Um, I can give you a treatment. Well, I'd love to come down for the event that you're planning to to um, continue to raise money, much needed money for research for Endometriosis Australia. So thank you so much for being one of our endo champions and for being a voice for the endo warriors of Australia. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me today, Ellie. Appreciate it. Thank you so much to endo champion Amanda Waldike for her time and sharing her endo journey. Everyone's journey is different and you can find out more information about how you can help yours on the Endo Australia website. The place to go to is endometriosisaustralia.org. While you're there, you can make a donation and you can also learn so much as well, including lots of webinars. There's lots of facts heaps of links, support groups, plenty of resources there as well. If you have enjoyed this podcast, make sure you like, share,
share, leave a review because that way you can let others know that there is a podcast for endo warriors sharing their stories around endometriosis. I look forward to bringing you another episode soon. In the meantime, stay safe and thanks for listening. <laughs>